Republican gubernatorial candidate Carrie Lake is making a splash with her new song, 81 Million Votes My Ass. And YouTube has suddenly had a change of heart by allowing videos that challenge the 2020 election results to no longer be banned. The White House had a gay old time by prominently displaying a massive trans pedo flag on the exterior of the White House. And finally, Matt Taibbi of the Twitter files fame is now a seeming victim of IRS intimidation after Taibbi recently testified before the House Select Subcommittee on the Weaponization of the Federal Government. These stories and dictionary wars all in today's edition of Narrative Wars. I'm your host, Jeffrey K. Lyons, and you don't want to miss this. We the people are sick and tired. Let's peel back the curtain of confusion to shed light upon the mainstream media madness. And now, Narrative Wars with your host, Jeffrey K. Lyons. We the people are sick and tired. Well, we've got a lot of important stories in today's program, and we're going to just jump right into it. Now, this first one has to do with a new song that Carrie Lake put out. You remember Carrie Lake was the Republican gubernatorial uh, candidate in the state of Arizona in the 2022 election, and it was a very close race between her and Katie Hobbs. And so she recently put out a song with the Truth Bombers, and it's taking portions of a speech that uh, she made. And well, anyway, let's listen to this, and uh, we're going to continue to discuss. Now, this um, cut, 81 million votes my ass, is gaining a lot of momentum out there. And it was Jeffrey Steele. He was a singer who penned number one hits for Tim McGraw and also Rascal Flatts. He wrote and performed this song, 81 million votes my ass, along with a group called the Truth Bombers. Uh, According to Henry, we think that we're going to start releasing more of these songs And each one will be a quote, unquote, truth bomb. Uh, That's uh, Henry told Gateway Pundit. You're going to hear other America First politicians and other prominent people getting involved. Well, we look forward to that. So a couple points to note here. Americans love stories of underdogs that won't give up. Carrie Lake is certainly not a quitter. And so she's been going to case after case, taking her cases uh, and taking um, legal measures in order to sue and get the truth 
from uh, the local officials in the state of Arizona to find out what went on. And as you remember, the uh, ballots uh, had a, a major problem. The the weight of the paper was wrong, the uh, length of the ballot was wrong, and 60% of the ballots were rejected. And Carrie wants it, Lake wants to get to the bottom of this because her voters were clearly uh, disenchant, uh, disenchanted, uh, many of them standing outside of the uh, polling places for many, many hours, and then, hey, I, I got to go. I got I to pick up my kid from school. I got to take care of something. I just can't stand out here for three, four hours. And so clearly there was a problem with the election and uh, hopefully this case will get bumped up to the Supreme Court and uh, we'll get to the bottom of this. Uh, best case scenario is that they just hold the election again. Now, Carrie Lake may have to take her case to the Supreme Court because she has not gotten justice in uh, a number of cases at this point in time in the state of Arizona. Now, curiously, Carrie Lake is on the record stating that she received an anonymous call from a monetary, for a monetary payoff uh, that she was uh, to stop pursuing legal justice. In, in other words, somebody called her and, and offered some monetary figure. We don't, we don't know what it is. But the catch was you, you have to stop pursuing justice and just, just drop out of the race. And so it was a payoff, but she said no. And that just isn't her style. See, that is the mark of a fighter. That is the mark of someone with integrity. So what is clear is that voting integrity, that is what is on the ballot in 2024. So as we looked at 2024, uh, these are very important issues. And we see this being played out in multiple states across the country. And Carrie Lake is now talking about ballot chasing. In other words, chasing the uh, chain of custody. Where does that ballot go from place to place to place before it's finally tabulated uh, and before the final uh, election results are, an, are announced? So, in other words, the, the question or the issue that's before the candidates uh, in 2024, as we look forward in time, the question and the question before the public is, do we have an election system which we can trust? So, this is extremely important, especially in the system of government that we have a constitutional republic, that we have a system in place uh, which uh, has voting integrity in place. Well, finally, uh, as an update, 81 million votes my ass did hit number one on iTunes. And this was uh, June 13, 2023. Uh, Gateway Pundit broke that story. So Republican candidates are successfully using music as a way to get their message out. I love this. Donald Trump uh, once again, he, he did it with, with the uh, uh, choir uh, singing uh, the, the uh, national anthem um, and then uh, Trump uh, uh, also giving the uh, Pledge of Allegiance. And that was a number of months ago. And now Carrie Lake, uh, portions of his speech that she recently gave uh, being intercut in this song, 81 Millions Votes My Ass, which is challenging and going back to the results of the 2020 election and saying, really? Did Joe Biden really get 81 million votes? Uh, she's saying, no, doesn't pass the sniff test. Something's not quite right there. Well, moving on to our next story, YouTube reverses a policy. Now, they've had a policy since 2020 to guess what? It was to 
uh, stifle conversation. It was to shut down free speech. It was to counter what they said was misinformation. So now that word, of course, keeps getting thrown around uh, by one side or the other. But it, the point is they, they use that word in order, order to push the envelope of censorship. Now, YouTube has announced a reversal of its election integrity policy. <laughs> yeah, election integrity. Again, what they state the opposite of what they're doing. If there's election integrity, then there needs to be election honesty. There needs to be an open discourse. And uh, there needs to be no censorship. Because when you have censorship, then you're going to affect the elections, you're going to affect how people think. Well, oh, wow, now YouTube apparently has reversed their policy effective immediately. Uh, they're stating that it will now, now in 2023, uh, in June, they will now leave up content that makes claims of fraud, errors, and glitches of elections, including the much-debated 2020 presidential election and previous U.S. elections. Well, if you remember, Hillary Clinton went on and on and on, and she gave speeches all over the country, and she did not agree with the fact that Trump beat her. And okay, she can say that if she wants. Al Gore did the same thing after he lost the hanging Chad battle in Florida. After Al Gore lost that election to George Bush. So, you know, it's nothing new that important national elections are debated not only before the election, not only prior, but after that the losing party expresses their discontent with the results. So this is nothing new in America, folks. So, But YouTube decided, which of course is owned by Google, YouTube decided that they're just going to step in and, uh, and shut down any sort of conversation. So that's very interesting. But now they've reversed policy, where, which moves us on to our next cut. Now, this is Morning Joe uh, with Mika, and I usually do not play their dialogues. But uh, in this case, there's value in it because what we're seeing is an absolute meltdown from the left-wing nutcase uh, media. And uh, so let's give this a listen. And I may have to stop it uh, as, as they uh, uh, throw out uh, ideological terminology in the middle of it. But uh, we're, we're going to uh, trudge through this. Uh, it's about 40 seconds long. Here we go. Morning, Joe. And uh, this was June 5th, 2023. Okay, YouTube is saying it will stop removing content that falsely claims the 2020 presidential election was stolen. The move reverses a policy put in place more than two years ago amid a wave of misinformation. The Google-owned platform on Friday announced it wants to protect the ability to, quote, openly debate political ideas, even those that are controversial or based on disproven assumptions. Okay, misinformation, that term is constantly thrown out. We've talked about that a lot uh, in this program and in past programs. They're already saying, you know, why even bring this up? The election's over. Uh, we, we can't do this. We can't talk. Well, once you shut down discourse in the American public, what you have is a totalitarian, one-sided, Pravda 
USSR style of communication, not unlike the current communist Chinese one style of communication. Now, a number of years ago, I was a university professor and I actually had a student who formally worked. Now, she was from communist China and she formally worked in the press. Now, she wasn't high up in the press. I caught her outside of class and I said, hey, you, you, you told me or you mentioned in class that you, that you worked in China for the press. I said, isn't there a lot of uh, suppression of the news, a lot of censorship in the news? And this is what she responded to me. It was so interesting because it was almost as if I pushed a button and there was a talking point. But then at the end of her statement, she told me what she really thought. She said, no, there's no suppression of the news. I said, really? She said, yeah, um, you can criticize. It's fine. You can do that. But you're allowed to criticize down and not up. I said, what do you mean you're allowed to criticize down and not up? She said, oh, well, you can criticize a local story. You can criticize a local business, a local problem that's happening in the community on a very small scale. But you can't ever criticize anything on the national scale, anything that affects all of China. I said, ah, oh, okay, now I get it. That's how it works in Kami China. And that's how you keep your job in Kami China. Let's continue. I, 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 Why? Don't, I don't get that. But Why do you want to do that? Why do you want to make sure disinformation spreads like wildfire? Help me out here, Rev. Why do you want to be open to that? Why do you want to be open to that? Because this is America. Hey, if you don't want to be open to that, Joe and Mika, you know, we'll just take up a uh, offering here. We'll, we'll do it as a public service uh, among the Narrative Wars listeners. And we'll, we'll, we'll take up an offering and, and put together a, a fund uh, to buy you tickets so that you can go live in communist China where, oh yeah, they shut down misinformation. Sure, you can criticize uh, the local dog catcher or the uh, local business that uh, uh, sells uh, mulch for your for your plants. Oh, you know the, the the size of the mulch bags was not as advertised, so they were ripping people off. But you can't ever criticize up, and basically that's what you're that's what you're saying. You're smarter than the rest of us, Joe and Mika. You know what is truth and what is not truth. You know what is misinformation and actual information that the voters should be aware of. And, uh, and you're all for censorship. Apparently, you've ripped the First Amendment right out of the Constitution. In fact, I guess you don't even know the Constitution exists. Well, this is very interesting. So, Yes, uh, this policy was uh, at YouTube. It was initially established uh, by YouTube in December 2020 and after much contested uh, 2020 election. Now, however, it did change the landscape of the future elections once underway. And the company acknowledged the need to reevaluate the, the effects of the policy. So really, I mean, what is it that brought them uh, to this great epiphany 
Um, quote, this is a statement from YouTube. They said, two years, tens of thousands of video removals and one election cycle later, that's the 22 election cycle, we recognize it was time to reevaluate the effects of this policy in today's changed landscape. Hmm, interesting. They admit censoring tens of thousands of video removals. Well, is it any uh, surprise that alternative platforms like Rumble have been taking off because Rumble doesn't censor. Rumble is a free speech platform. Now, the, the uh, geniuses at YouTube uh, continue, quote, with that in mind and with the 2024 elections well underway, we'll stop removing content that advances false claims that widespread fraud, errors, Glitches occurred in the 2020 and other past U.S. presidential elections. Okay, I guess they suddenly had a epiphany that this was the way to go. Here's another article, Washington Examiner, Zachary Faria, June 7, 2023. Biden calls for more censorship ahead of the 2024 election. So uh, Biden is going... Uh, in a double down direction. No, you got to not only censor, but you got to censor more, uh, which is very interesting because apparently uh, Biden has thrown the U.S. Constitution also in the dumpster and set it on fire. Uh, take a listen to this. President Joe Biden wants to dictate censorship policies to social media companies because he and the Democratic Party still can't quit their desire to censor speech that they don't like. And they label it as disinformation. Well, that's nothing new. We knew that. The latest instance of this comes regarding YouTube, uh, which said they would stop removing videos. All right, we already covered that. And the company rationally noted that the policy was curtailing political speech without meaningfully reducing the risk of violence, rather real-world harm. Well, in response, according to Biden's campaign, here's how Biden's campaign is responding to uh, YouTube's epiphany to stop censoring tens of thousands of videos that challenge past elections. Quote, this is from Biden's campaign, quote, YouTube's reckless and irresponsible decision <laughs> Can you believe this? Oh, this is from the President of the United States from his campaign. He says that YouTube is making a reckless and irresponsible decision. What? To follow the, the Constitution of the United States? To, to allow freedom of the press? To allow conversation to take place in the public marketplace of ideas? No. We continue. YouTube's reckless and irresponsible decision will invite further democratic decay and potential violence. Oh, no! There it is, potential. In other words, people are going to think for themselves. We don't want that to happen. And we urge them to reconsider this policy. Well, there it is again, the word uh, democratic decay. We don't have a democracy, folks. Just read the Constitution. We have a constitutional republic. A constitutional republic. And there's a big difference. YouTube is going to get people killed if Biden is to be believed. That is not an exaggeration of what he thinks. Biden outright said that social media companies were, quote, killing people for hosting COVID-19 misinformation. Oh, no, we're just going to bundle this all up in a big, happy, uh, 
bowl uh, that we call misinformation. Let's call it the misinformation salad. And in that salad, we have uh, YouTube allowing tens of thousands of videos to go out. And we have COVID-19 misinformation. And of course, those uh, videos now being allowed, uh, which challenge uh, past presidential elections, the 2020 president election. All of those are in the salad bowl called uh, Biden salad bowl with information that's killing people. Well, I guess they Biden's administration must think we're really stupid as Americans because they don't want us to think. They want us to just listen to uh, Soviet-style Pravda information, and they don't want us to understand that uh, having a free a society, which is truly free, means we, we entertain a marketplace of ideas. We entertain the fact that it's okay not only to print ideas and put out ideas that we agree with, but ideas that we don't agree with and to have a conversation. So a couple of uh, quick notes here. Um, I, wanna, I wanted to mention this final article before we summarize this and move on to our next story. Uh, from Law and Crime, Elura Nanos, February 21st, 2023. So in order to answer that question, why is YouTube having this epiphany? Hey, take a look. The Supreme Court of the United States heard nearly three hours of oral arguments. Uh, this was Tuesday, back in February of 2023, uh, over the hotly debated question of how much immunity internet companies should have under Section 230 of the Telecommunications Decency Act of 1996. Oh, and we get a little deeper here. Under the current interpretation of Section 230, platforms such as Facebook, Twitter, and you guessed it, YouTube, they're not publishers and not liable for defamation or certain civil claims stemming from uh, user-created or third-party content that violates the law, internet, companies' moderation decisions are also protected. So, in other words, what is in place right now is an indemnity barrier, which is uh, guarding uh, Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. And it's referred to as Section 230. It's part of the Communications Decency Act of 1996. Six. If that gets removed, then YouTube could get sued Oh, so maybe money is the actual motivator here. Uh, they, YouTube does not want to get sued. And so, yeah, we don't want those pesky lawyers coming around and uh, filing lawsuits. Well, yes, re- let's wrap this up. YouTube did reverse its policy. Uh, they're now allowing uh, election fraud claim videos to air on YouTube. And of course, Biden administration's not happy about that. And they continue to double down and say things like, well, the 2020 election was the most secure election in American history. And I have only one thing to say about that. 81 million votes, my ass. The term misinformation is once again being used as a code word for political left-wing hacks in the media to bury any story that is in contrast to the approved narrative from the Biden administration. 
and the Supreme Court is going to rule in the coming months regarding Section 230 of the Communications Decency Act of 1996. So remember, they hear these cases, and then a number of months later, three, four months later, uh, it could be sometime in the summer, the rulings will come out and the public will find out uh, which way this is going to come down. And uh, this is going to be huge because if the 230 in uh, Section 230 indemnification regarding the Communications Decency Act of 1996, if this is taken down, uh, it's going to affect not only YouTube, it's going to affect a fake book, it's going to affect Twitter. Well, Twitter, <laughs> Twitter's ahead of the game. Elon Musk is already declaring it a free speech platform. So I think Twitter is going to be in a much better place than Facebook, uh, which you remember during that whole COVID debacle, fiasco, uh, flipper flap, uh, Facebook would take down, take down, take down anything that challenged the approved narrative that you got got to take the jab. You got to change. It's safe. It's effective. Well, yeah, now that people are dying, young people are dying. Uh, there was a um, person that just dropped dead uh, in Houston. He was a well-known hip hop rapper and uh, he just dropped dead. And we see there's videos out there. We've talked about this in past issues, many videos out there of athletes uh, just dropping dead on the um, athletic field. It could be soccer, it could be basketball, it could be a number of things, and many times young people. So something's going on out there, and these sort of videos that question it, these sort of videos that have doctors speaking to it, they have value. The public should be allowed to have conversations about this. Now, uh, so the Supreme Court's going to come out with a decision regarding Section 230 of the um, Federal Communications Decency Act in 96. So we're going to continue to cover this story uh, in future editions of Narrative Wards. Keep in mind that Fox News settled with Dominion Voting Systems back in April 18th, 2023. The, this is June, so April, May, June. All right, right. 90 days ago, less than 90 days ago. 787.5 million. Okay, let's sort of just sort of round this off. Three quarters of a billion dollars plus some change. That was the settlement. So again, it was an out-of-court settlement. They didn't want to go to trial. My feeling is that Fox News didn't want to go through discovery and they didn't and uh, that the uh, owners of Fox, the um, Murdoch family didn't want to be hauled in court and put on the stands. They settled out of court. Uh, so, of course, YouTube doesn't want to have to go through something similar. I think Twitter has made the smart move, and uh, we're going to see what happens we're gonna, uh, as, as this case rolls out. Now, the Supreme Court, again, we said they heard nearly three hours of or oral arguments, and so that decision is going to come out in the next few months, and we will be covering that here on Narrative Wars. Well, thank you for listening to Narrative Wars. And again, I'm your host, Dr. Jeffrey K. Lyons, and we appreciate we appreciate all of you listeners to this program and those that are following the program. Well, Narrative Wars continues to expand its audience both in the United States and internationally. You can follow us on social media. We're now on Twitter, Getter, and Truth Social. Just search for at Jeffrey K. Lyons. That's at Jeffrey K. Lyons. 
on Twitter, Getter, or True Social, and you're going to find our program, Narrative Wars. Uh, you can also find us by just going to uh, the plain old, good old uh, web browser and type in Narrative Wars, no spaces, dot O-R-G. That's Narrative Wars dot O-R-G. This will take you to our webpage where you can access past programs along with links to all your favorite podcasting apps. Please five-star rate, follow, tell two to three like-minded friends. You're the reason why we do this program. And now let's continue. All right, let's continue. Cut number three, veterans lash out at White House after shameful pride flag display. All right, so this story has to do with a prominent military veterans who've accused the Biden administration of diminishing the American flag by placing a pride banner at the center of a display over the weekend. And this was the weekend of uh, June 12, 2023. Let's take a listen uh, to this story. The White House is now facing new backlash after it allegedly disrespected the American flag in its latest display for Pride Month. The display prominently features a rainbow, quote, progressive pride flag hanging over the South Lawn, with two American flags flanking it on each side, notably not in the center. Critics were quick to recognize the arrangement as a potential violation to our nation's flag code. One section of the code reads, quote, the flag of the United States of America should be at the center and at the highest point of the group when a number of flags of states or localities or pennants of societies are grouped and displayed from staffs. The controversy unfolding as new polls reveal Americans' views on changing one's gender and transgender athletes are trending in the more traditional direction. In other words, the majority of Americans are not for gender mutilation surgery of their small children. Well, let's uh, discuss. Now, here is a quote from President Biden's Twitter account. Quote, today the People's House, your house, sends a clear message to the country and to the world. And this was a message from Biden's Twitter account. Quote, America is a nation of pride. Unquote. Well, no, it's not. America is not a nation of pedophiles. It is not a nation of people that want to perform gender mutilation surgery on their children, uh, which will uh, damage them for life, which will render those individuals unable to have children. Basically, it will sterilize them. And you can't reverse that. Once it, What's done is done when that happens. Well, here's a response from Victor Marks, former Marine and founder of All Things Possible. Quote, every veteran that has fought for this country and sacrificed so much is disgusted by the symbolism of the pride flag overtaking our nation's flag at the White House. Well, that is a sentiment that is certainly worth talking about because I think that the majority of veterans agree with Victor Marx. So a couple notable uh, points here. One, uh, be careful when you take a look at this story. So the story, that, there was also a story that ran at the same time as, as this story. about It had to do with the same event, uh, but it was covering uh, people that were flashing. Uh, they were disrobed, waist up. Uh, and um, anyway, uh, so the story was not about flashers at the White House. 
Uh, don't take a look at the shiny object. Don't take a look at the distraction. Don't take a look at, oh, what, what's over there? You know, squirrel. Uh, the story is not about the flashers that were running around in the White House lawn. The story really is about the prominent uh, display of the pedo gay flag. And you will notice that there is a chevron on that flag. And you're going to read a lot of different stories on the internet uh, about that. Uh, but do some digging and you're going to find out that there's more to the so-called progressive gay flag uh, than meets the eye. Now, this has to do with semiotics. Semiotics is the study of symbols, signs, and sign-using behavior. So flags are quite significant. Uh, remember that when explorers went to the South Pole, what did they do? They planted their nation's flag. They didn't just plant something that says uh, uh, Bob and Judy's barbecue stand. No, they risked their life and they planted something that represented their nation uh, that they uh, came from, that they were citizens of. And this is very common. When the United States went to the moon, they planted the flag of the United States of America. No one else has, no other country on the face of the earth has put a, a human being on the moon. And so we are the only nation that has a U.S. flag on the moon. God help us uh, that we never place a, a trans pedo flag on the moon. So this is something that's been done for centuries, nations planting their flags on newly explored territories. Keep that in mind uh, that uh, uh, while we're talking about the uh, the flag, U.S. flag code, now the uh, gay pedo flag was the center of attention between two American flags. It was equal in height to the American flags, uh, but it was prominently displayed uh, in between the two. Now think about this. Uh, what was truly being represented? Think about... Uh, the study of semiotics, symbols. Symbols have power. And if you doubt me, look at the swastika. That is a symbol that certainly had power, and it is a hated symbol to this day. Uh, look at the cross, a very powerful symbol of Christianity. And at one point in time, you saw the cross on many, many flags of nations that identified themselves uh, as having a, a Christian viewpoint, a Christian worldview, and so they put it on their flags, even the Swiss flag. And so uh, flags, symbols, uh, semiotics are extremely important. The gay pedo flag was between two American flags, and what was being stated? What was being stated? Well, they were saying, we're going to what? Split your society in half and divide it. Now, those words weren't up. Nobody ever said that, but symbolically, you have to think symbolically what was taking place here. We're going to put gay pride in the center of this nation's discourse, and they certainly did when they put it on the White House lawn, and they certainly did when they put it in between the two American flags. What are they saying? They're saying, we're going to split your society in half, and we're going to divide it. And isn't that what's happening today with all this nonsense about pushing and placing uh, men on women's athletic teams in college? And finally, June is Father's Day month. But, oh, interesting. The gay pedo flag is proclaiming 
prior to Father's Day that fatherhood and the traditional Judeo-Christian nuclear family is dead. Fatherlessness is a condition in the American sphere that is tearing the fabric of society apart. LBJ's great war on poverty has failed. Welfare only contributes to fatherlessness. And the gay lifestyle also contributes to, guess what? Fatherlessness. Because why? It destroys the traditional nuclear family, which has historically been the bedrock of America. So think about the symbolism. Think about what's taking place. Think about what Joe Biden said. America's a nation of pride. No, it's not. American is not a nation of homosexual advocates. No, it's not. America is not a nation of trans pedophiles that want to mutilate your children. No, it's not. America is not a nation that wants to destroy the nuclear family. No, it's not. And we have played uh, the song, Target is Targeting Your Kids. We've talked on this program about the Bud Light boycott, which is going along quite well. Keep it up. Keep it up, folks. Uh, Keep up the... Yeah. Yeah, keep that up. Keep that up. Yeah, keep passing the word. No, just say no to Bud Light and say no to Target too. Uh, those boycotts are being are, are quite significant. Apparently, Target has uh, now in certain stores been hiding the uh, the gay grooming clothing for two year olds and and younger uh, babies clothing in the, in the back of the store because they're losing billions in uh, cap value on the stock market. Well. This is very interesting, and we're gonna we're gonna wrap it up with this. Did Tucker Carlson call Biden a child molester over sharing shower with his daughter Ashley? Now, this story you may have forgotten this story, and it and uh, it, it broke uh, quite a while ago. But Fox News Tucker Carlson, of course, <laughs> when he was still at Fox. He slammed U.S. President Joe Biden over a fresh revelation that he shared a shower with his daughter, Ashley Biden. Now, the diary has never been uh, disaffirmed in terms of uh, being false. Uh, and uh, so, as far as we know, the, the, the diary is true. It was found in a home that Ashley Biden used to live in. And uh, so, yeah, it was found by a Florida woman named Amy Harris who found the diary lying under a mattress in Ashley's former home in Palm Beach. I guess she got the mattress when she got the home. Sometimes that happens. The furniture is left in there. And she sold the diary to Project Veritas. So this is quite interesting. So uh, we're going to move on now. Well, we're going to transition from the creepy Joe who takes showers with his daughters and the gay pride pedo flag, which is prominently displayed at the White House and has much more powerful semiotic uh, symbolism taking place there in terms of the gay community uh, taking control of the narrative of the United States of America and dividing our nation in half, or at least shattering it into different 
pieces, different uh, segments, the balkanization of America. So we're going to look at right now uh, Dictionary Wars, and we're going to dig a little deeper into the word pride. Well, pride, according to Merriam-Webster, is reasonable self-esteem, confidence, satisfaction in oneself, okay? Pleasure, number two, pleasure that comes from some relationship, association with a group. So let's say you are an architect and your architectural firm wins an award and uh, you take pride in, in, in that. Okay, that's fine. Your company, your organization wins uh, community recognition, uh, community of your peers or uh, the community that you live in, your neighbors, perhaps uh, you you take pride in in uh, a certain uh, project that was done in your neighborhood. That's fine. Uh, but going down the list, click 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 click. Number five. Oh, what's this? The fifth definition of pride: an event or series of events celebrating and affirming the rights, equality, and culture of LGBTQ people. June is lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, and queer pride month. This month-long celebration demonstrates how LGBTQ, uh, LSD, one, two, three, baby, you and me, Americans have strengthened our country by using their talent and creativity to help create awareness and good. Well, how the hell did this ever happen? How did it come about and... When I say how the hell, <laughs> actually, I'm being accurate. These ideas come from the gates of hell. They come out of the pit of hell, okay? So how did hell and push out these lies? And how did this happen in America? Why is June, and we questioned this in a prior broadcast or a prior program, why is June Pride Month? Yeah, I don't, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, you know, uh, that's no, I don't agree. Uh, June is not Pride Month, I don't, I, I don't uh, give in to that. No, it's not Gay Pride Month, sorry, you don't own that month on my calendar. Sorry, that's just not happening. And when did it become the month that we have to celebrate all month long, uh, LGBTQ, uh, lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, queer, LSD, ABC, one, two, three, baby, you and me. No, no, that doesn't happen. In fact, June, when I think of June, I think of Father's Day. But this is what they want to do. They want to destroy fatherhood. They want to divide and they want to create a balkanization of, of America. They want us to split us into uh, segments which will fight against each other. And I'm saying no flag on the field. So no, we're not. I'm not yielding the month of June to this ideological uh, left-wing agenda. No, I'm not yielding it the entire month. And uh, I'm thankful that the boycotts are working. So uh, keep pushing back America and keep upholding those traditional values which have made America great, which have made America truly the land of the free and the home of the brave. Well, we're going to wrap it up with cut number four, and this is Matt Taibbi. And you remember him. He's the journalist that broke the Twitter files storage. Now, Matt Taibbi to Newsmax. Uh, now, what's happened is that Matt Taibbi was called up to Capitol Hill to testify uh, before a uh, committee 
And uh, we're okay. We're gonna, we're going to listen to this. What happened was uh, Matt Taibbi disclosed before the House Judiciary Committee uh, Chairman Jim Jordan, and that's the uh, uh, Committee on the Weaponization of the Government. House Matt Taibbi, sir, appreciate you being here. Thanks for having me on. So as I, I reread all the stuff that happened to you, you published the Twitter files, or at least a good chunk of them. Then you get a knock on the door. The decision apparently from the IRS to, to come to your house was made on Christmas Eve. Well, the decision to come to my house apparently came on January 27th. But the, the case was opened on Christmas Eve 2022. So they and and so these agents they come to your house they knock on your door what goes from there? Well, I, I mean, at first I thought this happened um, the day I testified on the Hill uh, before the Weaponization of Government Committee. I came home from a train trip uh, that evening. I learned from my wife that the, the IRS had been to our door. And at first I thought it had to be a coincidence. It's just too silly to think that they, it was related in any way. But um, after consulting with some people, I decided to, to inform the committee in case, you know, there was some kind of thing where witnesses were being intimidated. I didn't comment about it then because we didn't have any information. Now we have some and we learned that the case was open on Christmas Eve on a Saturday, which coincided with the release of a big story. So... No, the optics aren't, 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 of it aren't good. No, the optics certainly are not good. Uh, Mr. Taibbi, uh, the journalist, testifies before this uh, weaponization of the U.S. Government Committee with uh, Jim Jordan as the hair, uh, head of that uh, committee. And then the Internal Revenue Service uh, knocks on his door. Uh, I guess Mr. Taibbi was not uh, home because the IRS agents, according to this article, which was Washington Examiner, March 28, 2023, Gabe Kaminsky. And again, the links are in the show notes. IRS agents note left at Taibbi's residence told him to call the agency. Four days later, according to Jordan, the journalist was informed that, oh, no, 2021 and 2018 tax returns were rejected because of purportedly identity theft concerns. You know, usually they just send a letter if there's an issue, but he never had any problems. But suddenly there's something wrong with his 2018 tax returns. Suddenly there's something wrong with his 2021 tax returns. Suddenly this happens at the same time that he's testifying uh, and regarding the Twitter files on Capitol Hill. And basically, the Twitter files are making the U.S. government look bad. That This is the whole issue. The, the whole point of the Twitter files was the disclosure of the fact that the CIA was working in cahoots with Twitter and they were shutting down, they were censoring if information and some of the information that they were putting the kibosh on that they were censoring, bearing, putting in the ground had to do with the Hunter laptop, uh, laptop from hell story, which has all been shown to be proved proven true. There really was a laptop and that laptop was really Hunter Biden's and the information on it is uh, actually quite damning to the uh, Biden family. Well, the government apparently doesn't like that. And so they're using it. It, it appears we don't have uh, exact cause and effect dot to dot information 
that says, hey, there was a memo that the IRS was sent out and this was retaliation, but it doesn't look good. The optics are not good. So the government is implied in election tampering. This is what is referred to as the weaponization of the U.S. government. By doing this to Matt Taibbi, they're trying to cover up uh, the implication of election tampering, which is really what did happen. That's what the Twitter uh, files revealed, is that the election was affected and influenced by putting that story down regarding the laptop from hell, Hunter Biden's laptop. Uh, so the IRS is apparently, it has the optics of intimidating Matt Taibbi. What are they trying to say? Well, probably they're still trying to bury this story. We don't know. This is a developing story. So we're going to continue to uh, take a look at this as it unfolds. Well, remember, you can follow us on social media on both Getter and Twitter. Just search for at Jeffrey K. Lyons. That's at Jeffrey K. Lyons on both Getter and Twitter. Make sure you spell Jeffrey, J-E-F-F-R-E-Y. The R comes before the E and the Y. I don't know why when people type my name, they flip those two letters. I don't know why. Burden I have to bear. You can also find us on the website at narrativewars.org. That's good old-fashioned URL website. Uh, that's narrativewars.org. And when you go there, you'll see our webpage. It features our past shows, connection to your favorite podcasting apps. Please five-star rate, follow, and tell two to three like-minded friends. Trolls not welcome. Thank you. We truly appreciate your support. You are the reason why we do this program. And now, a few closing thoughts. Americans are sick and tired of being the brunt of the joke on late-night television and the source of material for left-wing Hollywood sycophants. Carrie Lake represents the new breed of politician who's both conservative and not a part of the old Republican neocon hegemony, which contributes to the Washington, D.C. Uniparty. Carrie Lake is an American, a conservative, and a clear counter-voice to the approved narrative, which has so long been the Republican Party. And in a brilliant move, Lake has partnered with the Truth Bombers and members of the team behind a song Donald Trump and a group of January 6th prisoners released in March 2023. Now, the new song featuring Carrie Lake is 81 Million Votes My Ass. It features Carrie, and it has now reached number one on iTunes charts. And that was on June 13th, 2023, according to Gateway Pundit. So why is this a surprise? Rousing songs have long inspired both armies and political movements for centuries. Well, maybe it's the time the true conservatives... Think outside of the box, true conservatives like Carrie Lake, and they use alternative means in order to communicate and to cut through the mainstream media madness. So what are we to think of YouTube suddenly reversing their policy, censoring thousands of videos that challenged the 2020 election results? Have they had a sudden epiphany 
I don't think so. Instead, this has all the appearance of another lawyered-up moment. A moment where it's more important to cover your potential backside in order to shut the door on the possibility of future lawsuits, like the one that just cost Fox News $787.5 million in their settlement with Dominion Voting Systems this past April. Think about that, $787.5 million. Or how about if we say it this way, three quarters of a billion plus a few million in change. That's a lot of money. If the Supreme Court rules that Section 230 of the Communications Decency Act of 1996 no longer applies to Google and YouTube, well, this will open up these tech giants to lawsuits. And if they continue to censor content creators, well, there's going to be an issue. We'll be following this story and the Supreme Court's future ruling in this case. And while all of this is taking place, we embark on the summer of 2023 with a perverted event on the lawn of the White House where unclothed trans activists paraded around in order to act out their ultimate sexual fetish fantasies. A sick trans pedo selfie on the lawn of the White House with the commander-in-chief, Creepy Joe. And by the way, it wasn't a Creepy Joe called out. Yeah, he was called out for bad form when the Ashley Biden diary included the following entry in it. The story was published International Business Times, June 19th, 2022. Here's an excerpt from the diary. I've always been boy crazy, said Ashley Biden. Hypersexualized at a young age. I remember somewhat being sexualized with, and then she doesn't say the name. I remember having sex with friends at a young age, showers with my dad, probably not appropriate. Hmm. So she was sexualized with a family member. We don't know who it is. And then she had showers, showers, more than one shower with her dad. And she writes, probably not appropriate. Yeah, probably not. So it seems Creepy Joe was right at home with the trans pedo groomer parading around the White House lawn, performing and exhibiting their partially naked bodies in front of the progressive pedo trans flag displayed on the balcony of the White House. Well, it makes you wonder what the enemies of the United States are thinking about. What are they thinking about? Are they thinking about the obvious moral decay that's taking place in America? Make no mistake, the ultimate battle is the one that's fought and won. And when that victory occurs, the losing side doesn't even know there was a battle. And they don't even know that they lost. I repeat, America is engaged in a non-kinetic war. Right now, at this point in history, the battle is for the soul of America. Will that great American experiment that was referred to as a republic of, for, and by the people, will that experiment last? Will it last for your children and for your children's children? Well, if we have more courageous, independent reporters such as Matt Taibbi 
and next-generation politicians such as Carrie Lake, who refuse to join the Washington, D.C. Uniparty, there's hope. If those who believe the words one nation under God, indivisible with liberty and justice for all, is more than something we say before a public meeting, but is something that is written indelibly upon the heart of the majority of American citizens, well, then there is hope. If the faith community stands up and says we are essential and we will never allow our churches and places of religious assembly to ever shut down again, well, then there is hope. And if we continue to believe in the nuclear traditional family and that there are only two genders, then there is hope that America will endure and our children and our children's children will have a future in the land of the free and the home of the brave. We end this program with a portion of the song, 81 Million Votes, My Ass, by the Truth Bombers, featuring Carrie Lake. Until next time, for Narrative Wars, I'm your host, Dr. Jeffrey K. Lyons. If you would have told me two years ago, three years ago, that I would be in the middle of a political movement, I would have said, put down Hunter's crack pipe. Right now. Right now. I can't afford the groceries. I can't afford your gas. It's Biden flashing across the nation. 81 million votes my ass. Pissed off an already pissed off woman. 81 million votes my ass.